I want to encourage you and thank you for, well, for being here and for, um, yeah, for taking time out of a, a morning on a Saturday when Saturday mornings are precious to us all. Uh, we Christians don't get Sunday mornings like the rest of the world does, and we're glad about that. We're okay with that, but it makes Saturday mornings a little more, um, a little more precious for us, um, but I'm glad that you guys are taking the time to be here for this. Uh, just something to maybe tie together, something we've been talking about with family worship and corporate worship. Um, I mentioned the priority of the Lord's Day and the priority of uh, meeting with the church uh, and, and teaching your kids about that priority. So start young, but I'd encourage you to start before they come with you into corporate worship. Start with family worship as a practice for corporate worship. And if I can be more specific, what I mean is, um, if Junior can't sit still at home for 10 minutes or 15 minutes of corporate wor- or for family worship, uh, he's not yet ready for a 50-minute sermon in corporate worship. Um, so just, you know, take advantage of that in, in your home and practice what Drew talked about, sitting still, listening. Um, yeah, those kind of things are, are useful. So in view of the potential of kids uh, together with you. Um, take advantage of your family worship time to, to practice that. Uh, and if you need to be convinced that your kids should ever be with you, even when they're ready to sit still, um, be with you in corporate worship. There's a great little pamphlet. It's gold out here in the children's ministry area, written by John and Noel Piper, called The Family Together in God's Presence. Really handy. It goes through a lot of practical things as well as just why you should um, you should do that. All right, so now we're going to talk about the salvation of our children, and we're only going to do this briefly. Not because, as I said at the beginning, not because it's not important. In fact, it's so important that we'll devote a separate seminar that we'll call uh, "Your Child's Profession of Faith." We'll get to that eventually in days ahead, but. Um, but we certainly don't want to not talk about salvation uh, in this time because it is indeed part of parenting. We keep going back to Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. The way he should go, we've been saying, is God's way. He should go God's way. Uh, it means obedience. It means wisdom. It means right living in a fallen world. But it's not a stretch to say that the way he should go is the way of the gospel. The way we want our kids to go is ultimately to heaven. That means that our, our, our kids' greatest need is actually salvation. Um, certain things may be means to get there, but what we hope most for our kids is that at the end of the day, we're with them in eternity. J.C. Ryle, in an essay called the duties of parents. He says this, train your kids with this thought continually before your eyes, that the soul of your child is the first thing to be considered. This is the thought that should be uppermost on your mind in all you do for your children, in every step you take with them, in every plan and scheme and arrangement that concerns them. Do not leave out that mighty question, How will this affect their souls? Uh, 
Uh, J.C. Ryle, in that article, unpacks our verse, Proverbs 22.6, with 19 points. We have these printed out for you today. We have 50 copies. I don't think there are 50 people here. So everyone is um, entitled to one of these on the way out. It'll be uh, at a, a kiosk just outside that door. I'd really encourage you to pick this up. It is gold. I, I read it again this morning. Um, after having not read it for a few years, and I was just reminded again how good this is. I, I'm certain that this seminar might have been better. Well, certain that it might. Uh, it, it might have been better if I had just read this to you. It's that good. Um, so pick that up on your way out, and, and it won't take you long into it before you're hooked and wanting to read more. We also have um, copies of the New City Catechism to give you in the same exact spot. So when you leave today, take two things and, um, and go in peace. All right? J.C. Ryle says the greatest need is our kids' salvation. We have to have that mighty question on our minds in whatever we're doing with our kids. How does this affect their souls? It is of utmost importance. The ultimate goal of parenting... is not what? Let's brainstorm together. What are some potential competitions for that ultimate goal? What are some alternatives to the ultimate goal? J.C. Ryle already told us what the ultimate goal is, but, but what might be a potential temptation for you or, or in other people you've observed, not yourself maybe, uh, that might be competition for it? Obedience. Oh. How did I do that? Hey. Obedience. Successful yeah, successful adult. Peace? Yeah. Like peace in the home? Just as long as no one's fighting. Just as long as it's calm. Anything else? Hmm. How so? Okay. Yeah, self. Instagram. Instagram. Ooh. The deepest blow of them all, Drew. Right? Forget that Piper quote at the beginning. That, that cuts deep. Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah, living through them. Republican? Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> be president, right? That would be another one. Yeah, success. Um, education, we've covered that. Sports. So none of these is the ultimate goal of parenting. We just got to get that in our heads. Salvation, them in heaven, is the ultimate goal of parenting. Therefore, it needs to be the priority in our lives. It doesn't mean, well, school takes eight hours of work, therefore we're going to do family worship for eight hours, 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. No, that would be unwise. So it may not get the same amount of time as some other things, but it needs to be evidently the priority. It needs to evidently be mom and dad's heartbeat on their minds. Um, We need to ask the question then, are we responsible? Or who is responsible, rather? Who is responsible for their salvation? course we we must say god right this is a church that doesn't struggle with that idea that god is sovereign in salvation you know john 3 the wind blows where it wishes you don't see where it's coming but you only see its effects or or john 1 you know no one is born um born born from above by the will of man but by the will of god so god must do it and that produces humility independence in prayer however it isn't wrong to say huh, it isn't wrong to say oh boy that parents are involved. There are, they have responsibilities, not to save them as if you could die in their place like Jesus died on the cross and get them into heaven, no. But in the equation of salvation, we know that God uses human beings to get the word into people's minds for him then to drive it to the heart. So God uses parents. Um, and we got to get that through our heads. God's plan is not that he just one day zaps them. His plan is not that if you bring them to church so many times, ding, they're saved. His plan is not, not even as simple as if you can get your kids to say these words in a sinner's prayer, then they're saved. And so it's pretty easy. Just get them to say the prayer. Well, I don't think that that necessarily saves anyone, even though we often express our faith the first time by praying to God and calling out to him and asking for salvation. Nothing wrong with praying in conversion, but the prayer itself doesn't save. And what produces faith is the implanted word, according to 1 Peter 1. So God uses the word. And when, when we're talking about the, the word, 
given through parents to our kids, well, this should produce some diligence, care, thoughtfulness. We want the gospel to be clear for our kids. We want it to saturate our homes. We want to talk of it um, frequently and in different ways. And we can do that through Bible reading. We can do that through catechisms. We can do that as mom and dad just freely talk about it. But we need to do it. We need to do it often. Uh, someone read for us 2 Timothy 1.5. 2 Timothy 1.5. We only have about 10 minutes left in this section before we go to Q&A time. I'll, I'll read it just for time's sake. Listen to this. Paul writes to Timothy... I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice now, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. Timothy is saved in part through apparently Grandma Lois and Mother Eunice. And we know that from two chapters later, 2 Timothy 3, listen to these verses, 14 and 15. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So now we see... Oh, this faith doesn't just get passed along, grandma, mom, Timothy, like it's osmosis or like it's genetics. This gets passed along by the word. Timothy was taught from a young age the scriptures. He was acquainted with them. He knew them. He had learned them. These are the words of 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15. And these things he had learned and come to know and be, be acquainted with, in the Bible, produced by God's grace, salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. This is what we hope for our kids. We hope for them to be saved and continue to bear fruit, proving that it was real all along. We want them to not just make a profession of faith, but endure. We, we, want, we, want, we want kids to go to heaven, and we want... A, a if God wills, a beautiful pathway between here and heaven. And that may involve this job and that education and this girl and these grandkids. But in some ways, when we're in eternity future, in a new heaven and new earth, that road that they will have walked will have, in some ways, very little relevance for our eternal praise about their salvation and our salvation and the salvation that is in Jesus for all of us. Um, we got to live in light of that. We got to live in light of eternity to come. Now, this proverb that we've been talking about and haven't yet quite fully unpacked, it has a second half. When he is old, He'll not depart from it. Well, this isn't exactly a promise 
so that if you're diligent enough with your kids in training them in the way that they should go, they will be saved and they'll never have a bad day. It's not a promise. But it is a principle. It's a, it's a rule of thumb, you could say. It's, a, it's the way things usually go in God's economy of things. And you could either sort of fall off one of two sides of the horse on this issue. You could think, God, I did what you told me. I trained our kid in the way he should go. We gave him the gospel. We did family worship. Not perfectly, not utterly consistently, but, but genuinely and repeatedly. And you owe me. Well, he, he doesn't. Um, we, we know that faith is an individual enterprise. It's not merely familial. And as we said, mom and dad can't will their kids into heaven. They can't even pray their kids into heaven. They can't even Bible their kids into heaven. That's humbling. Pray. Depend on God. It's not a promise. Okay, Proverbs 26 is not a promise. And you know of people, if there isn't one in your family, even close to home, you know of people who the parents have had done a pretty decent job of raising their kids in the faith and it didn't take, you could say. Well, that is a reality and a sad one at that. Um, but don't fall off the other side of the horse. You, you can't accuse God. You can't think God owes you. And you also better not, this is the word principle, you can't tell anymore. You also can't just just wait on God. You also can't just think, well, it's a I guess it's a it's a crapshoot. It's just in his sovereign will. It's up to him. I can't make it happen. What can I do? I won't do anything. Well, no. No, we can't be lazy. We can't be fatalistic. This is the most important stuff we'll do. Eternity's a long time. Heaven's a glorious place. Hell is really, really bad. And so let's teach our kids the scriptures. Let's plead with them um, to believe on the Lord Jesus and be saved. Let's keep reminding them of that, that it's all of grace. Uh, let's help them see their sin, that they further cling to the Savior. And then... Sometime in the future, and the, well, who knows when exactly, but we'll do a Saturday seminar on your child's profession of faith, and we'll talk about things like when you should assure them of salvation, and when they should be baptized, and those sorts of things. For now, we'll leave those alone, and, uh, and we'll just end it there.